All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Isaiah 46, verse 9. We'll just read, be reading one verse, Isaiah 46, verse 9. I want to speak to you this morning about the benefits of reviewing the past. Benefits of reviewing the past. And that's what we normally do, you know, on the 31st, we look back. And so, what are the benefits of looking back? Isaiah 20, or 46 Uh, Verse 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Let's pray. Father, thank you today that you've given us the ability to remember, and I pray that you would help us as we do that today, and help us to learn the benefits, Lord, from looking back. And I just ask that you might give an able to bring the message, may it be clear, And may it touch each of our hearts so that we will respond correctly to what faces us a brand new year by beginning to look back and count our blessings. Thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, I thank you that if there's someone here without Jesus, that today they can trust Christ as their Savior and they can leave here knowing that they're going to heaven, not because they're good, but because Jesus paid it all. And if they'll receive what he did for them, Lord, they can be saved. And I pray that 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 would happen today. Give enablement to bring the message, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Looking back in our lives can produce a variety of responses. Sometimes it causes us to sing precious memories because we have precious memories. At other times, it causes us to be overconfident and thinking that we can do what we used to do. (laughs) And uh, that's sometimes a problem. And then there are times when we look back and we can be very discouraged because of what we see. But a Christian should never allow the past to adversely affect the present. Paul was so determined when he said in Philippians 3, verse 13, that's in your bulletin, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was saying that he had not yet arrived. He had not yet apprehended. Therefore, he was not going to let the past slow him down or make him forget his goal. But he would press on to the mark that was set before him. So there is a sense in which we should let not let our past affect us. And that's what Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, and he looked forward. But there is another sense that it's beneficial to look to the past. The past can be a good teacher. The past can be a good encourager. The past can be a good predictor of what what we are to expect. Today is December the 31st, 2023. When we began this year, we had 365 days ahead of us. We had 8,760 days, uh, or hours, which was 525,600 minutes ahead of us. We have now used up 364 and a half days, which is 8,747 and a half hours at 1130, or 524,850 minutes. Therefore, most, almost all of 2023 is behind us. Should we just forget about 2023? 
or can we benefit from reviewing the past? I want to submit to you today that we can't benefit from reviewing the past, and that's what we'd like to do today. We'd like to speak about remembering the former things of old, as, as he said, and then learning from that and, uh, and find out that uh, it's going to be beneficial to us to do that. God remembers. The Bible says that even though he says, uh, forget those things which are in the past, God remembers. God remembers, he says in Genesis 9, 15, verse 15 and 16, the rainbow covenant. He said this, I will remember my covenant. Leviticus 26, 42, I will remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember and I will remember the land. Don't forget that. All this conflict about Israel, God says, I will remember the land. God doesn't forget about his land, which is Israel. 1 Samuel 15, verse 2 says, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid waste for him, wait for him in the way when he come, came up from Egypt. God says, I remember what you did to my people. Jeremiah 2, verse 2, God said to Jerusalem, I will remember thee. Psalm 78, verse 39 says, For he remembered that they were but flesh. I'm glad that God remembers that we're just flesh and uh, doesn't expect supernatural things from us. Uh, he says, I remember you're but just flesh. There will be supernatural things, but they come because of him. Psalm 98, verse 3 says, He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. Psalm 105, verse 42, For he remembered his holy promise. In Hosea 7, verse 2, to, to Israel he said, I remember all their wickedness. So does God remember your sin? He doesn't remember you against you if you're a Christian, but he remembers. He remembers what you did. He's the one that wrote and told what David did, even though he forgave him. And we've been reading it ever since. And so God does remember. So it should not surprise us that a remembering God would tell us to remember. I counted 61 references in the Bible that, that where we are admonished to remember the Lord, we're admonished to remember his promises, to remember an event or a person of the past, so as to help us live for God in the present. God wants us to remember. But just what are the benefits of reviewing the past? What do we get from it? What do we get from going back and reviewing the past? Let me give you at least five of those, and I think I might add the sixth at the, begin, at the end because I just thought of it a while ago. But uh, some benefits of reviewing the past. First of all, reviewing the past reminds us of our deficiencies. Isn't that true of you? <laughs> reviewing the past, looking at the past, reminds us, whoops, we failed. Uh, we're not able to do everything. And uh, so the present, what's going to happen in the present is somewhat due because of the fact that we failed in the past. But it reminds us to remember our deficiencies. We should remember that our plans are deficient. Sometimes we make plans and we think they're the best plans ever, but they didn't materialize, they didn't turn out right. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, thy own plans. So our plans are deficient. 
Jeremiah 9, 23 says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't glory in the fact that you know so much and you're so wise. God says your plans are deficient. As we look back over the year 2023, we've all been reminded that our plans were not always right. Thus, we should not trust our own wisdom in 2024. And so remember that the plans you made weren't always the best, so don't count on your plans in the future. Trust the Lord's plans as well. So our plans were deficient or are deficient. Also, our paths are deficient. Paths are when we put to... to uh, to work our plans. You know, we work our plans in our mind and then our paths are what follows our plans. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him, he will direct thy paths. When we direct our paths, they often lead us to the wrong place. And there's some Proverbs that tell us that. Proverbs 3 says, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass pass." and pass it, let it pass away. Uh, also in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, he says this, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. So there's the path of sin that's, that each of us are, are presented. And the Lord says, don't go down that path. Verse 15 says, My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. And so many times our paths are deficient. But if we fail to love God and follow him, then our path will lead us astray. And the Bible says that that path is going to bring you heartache. And so be careful of those paths. Proverbs 3 verse 18 says, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And so the path of the, of the just should be a shining light. And if we walk with the Lord, it will be. So our paths are deficient, our plans are deficient, our power is also deficient. We look back over 2023 and we, learn, we remember that we weren't able to do all that we thought we were able to do. And sometimes we didn't have the power to accomplish it. John 15 reminds us in verse 5, Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. And so the past, remi the past reminds us that, that we are deficient. And uh, we've learned in 2023 that we are not strong enough to handle the problems that have come our way. We needed the Lord. When God says we are to put our whole armor on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, he implies that if you don't, you won't be able to. And so you don't have the power without the Lord. And so the past has reminded us that. We can identify with a psalmist who said in Psalm 62, Psalm 6, verse 2, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. And we look in the past and we realize that we have been weak. We are weak. And even though we were not in the garden when Jesus said this to his disciples, we can understand when he says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. As you look back over 2023, I ask you the question, have you failed the Lord? Have you failed in your prayer life? Have you failed in your Bible reading? Have you failed in your witnessing? Have you failed in your church attendance? Have you failed in your giving? Have you failed in your love of the brethren? Have you failed in resisting temptation? Have you failed in godly living? You look back over the past and it reminds you that you are deficient 
and you need the Lord. In, all, in, in our own strength, we cannot do the things that we should do. Our power is deficient. We need the Lord. But then there's another lesson we can learn as we review the past. And that is reviewing the past reminds us of sin's deception. Has sin deceived you this past year? I imagine some of you would have to say yes. And have you looked back over the past, over this past year, and realized that sin deceives? It's a lesson we should learn because when 2024 comes, we'll be faced with temptations again. Temptations do that that we know is wrong. Let's look back to the past and remind ourselves that sin has been deceptive. And it's always promised us things that did not materialize. The promise of sin is untrue. Sin promises freedom but brings bondage. Sin promises light but brings darkness. Sin promises happiness but brings sorrow. Sin promises relationships but brings regrets. Sin promises love and brings hate. Sin promises highs and brings lows. Sin promises life and brings death. You can't trust sin. The promise of sin is untrue. Also, the pleasure of sin is unfulfilling. The Bible says that that's true. There is pleasure in sin for a season, according to Hebrews chapter 11, 25. But the season is short-lived and it's also disappointing. Sin never satisfies for long. Now, sometimes people say sin satisfies, but not for long. Because finally, sin will bring what it, what it intended to bring, and that is destruction. And so sin, the pleasure of sin, is unfulfilling. Also, the progression of sin is unrelenting and unpleasant. And if you've involved yourself in sin in this past year, I hope you've learned that lesson. The progression of sin is unrelenting and unpleasant. Once, once sin has a grip on you, it gets worse and worse and harder and harder to stop. It turns into a battle, not a joyride. I remember I probably told you in the past about a fellow that I worked with when I was in seminary. And it was, I was a shipping clerk. And he was an older man at that time. I thought he was older. Not so old now, but, but he seemed older to me, and he was probably 20 years older than me. And I was training him as a shipping clerk. And uh, he had a problem with smoking. And he tried his best to quit. And I really felt for him because when he tried to quit, he would be a rough to live with, hard to deal with at work because he was so frustrated. And uh, that, that smoking had gotten control of him. He smoked camels, I remember. And he apologized once to me and said, I'm sorry for the way I'm acting, but I'm trying to get off of those, these cigarettes. <laughs> what happened? Well, that got a grip on him. And that grip got stronger and stronger and stronger and hard to break. And so the, the um, progression of sin is unrelenting and it's very unpleasant. Also, the prospect of sin is undesirable. Sin does not reward you with desirable consequences. James 1, 14 describes it like this. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, 
and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You see, the end of sin is death. And so the prospect of sin, uh, the devil will present sin to you as, oh, this this will really be good. This will be enjoyable. But God says, no, the prospect in the end is not good at all. And it's undesirable. Deuteronomy 24, verse 9 says, Remember what the Lord thy God did unto Miriam, by the way. You remember what happened to Miriam? She got leprosy. And the Lord says, remember, she sinned against the Lord. Remember what God did to her. After that, she were, you come out from Egypt. You remember that. You came out of Egypt, victory, you know, but then she sinned and she suffered the results. The prospect of sin is undesirable. In Luke chapter 17, we're admonished something. It's a little short verse, but it says this. Remember Lot's wife. What happened to Lot's wife? Well, she got out of Sodom and Gomorrah. God took them out because judgment was coming. But she fell so much in love with Sodom and Gomorrah and what was there. God said, don't look back. And she looked back and became a pillar of salt. I remember when we were in that area, we were over in, over in uh, Israel. Everybody looked for that pillar of salt, salt that might have been Lot's wife. <laughs> you know, there's some pillars out there that were briny and salty. And uh, I doubt that any of them was her. But what happened to her? She was turned into a pillar of salt. Uh, you see, reviewing the past surely teaches us that sin deceives. And you don't want to fall for sin. And then there's another lesson we can learn by reviewing the past. Your viewing the past reminds us of the devil's determination. You know, you look back over 2023, and the devil tried to get you mess up several times. Guess what? He's going to do the same in 2024. He'll never give up. He'll never quit. And he wants to, he wants to bring you down. Now, you might be here today like Sister Jean, and she's attained a lot of years, but the devil's not through with Jean. No, he still would like to get her. Just imagine what would happen and, the dis- and just, the, uh, just the heartache that would happen if Gene, at 93 years old, would do something foolish and sin, and it would just bring heartache to her family. I don't think she's going to do it, but I'll tell you somebody who hadn't given up on her, and that's the devil. <laughs> he won't give up on you. You'll never get to the age where the devil says, well, I'm through with you. No, he'd like to trip you up at the very end if he can. And so reminds us of the devil's determination. As we look over the past year, it's very evident that the devil has never let up in his fight against the Lord, in his fight against God's word, and his fight against God's people. Whether it be in the natural battles, that, the national battles that we face, the devil still fighting those battles, uh, whether it be the abortion, you know, we thought we won the battle, won the battles anyway, the Supreme Court decision, and we did, but there's so many other battles that since that, the devil hasn't given up that battle on abortion, tries every way he can to kill more babies all the time. The LGBTQA+, or whatever you might add to that, rights, acceptance, and approval battle has not ended, and it won't. It'll continue, and it'll continue to get worse. Religious liberty issues, those, is, those issues are not going to stop. 
We're going to be challenged more and more. Don't be surprised in 2024 if we as Christians face more challenges to our, our religious liberty in this country. The devil's not through. Attacks on the person of Christ. It'll be over and over again. Attacks on Christmas. We once went through that. There's all kind of attacks on Christmas. Attacks on the word of God. You would hear it all the time. Uh, this has proved that this was not right in the Bible or whatever it might be. People challenge the word of God, but uh, those attacks aren't going to stop. Attacks on fundamental Christians. Those are not going to stop. They're going to increase. The devil didn't give up in 2023. He's not going to give up in 2024. Or whether it be our own personal struggles to do right. We have clearly seen that the devil is determined to continue the fight. Therefore, we must never let down our guard. We must never think that we're too experienced to fall. You know, we've been at this for a long time. We're not going to fall. The Bible says we might. I went to the hospital the other night to see uh, Edna Johnson. And the verse I chose as I left to share with her was 1 Peter chapter 5. And that said, humble yourselves there in front of the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That's a great verse. Humble ourselves. We all get to that place where we're humbled. Then it says, under the mighty hand of God. It doesn't matter how weak you feel, the Lord's hand is mighty. That he might exalt you in due time. That means God has a timetable. God knows what he's doing. And you might be going through a rough time today, but you hang in there, trust the Lord, keep serving him, and he will exalt you in due time. And then while you're going through that, cast all your care upon the Lord because he cares for you. Isn't it good to know that when you're going through times of trial, that the God of the universe cares for you? He loves you and he cares for you. But then it's interesting that the next verse says this, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom may devour. You've humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God, trusting him to exalt you in due time. You're casting your care on him. But don't don't forget that while you're having those cares, and maybe the devil heard you talk about it, he's there to do all he can to bring you down. And so be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary of the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking who may devour. But then you don't have to be discouraged because of that, because it says, whom resist steadfast in the faith? (laughs) Whom resist? And another verse says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You don't need to be afraid of the devil, but you need to be aware of him. And so you need to trust the Lord. The devil's determined to bring you down. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. So looking back on 2023, you're reminded of the devil's determination, and it will be the same in 2024. But then there's another thing. Reviewing the past reminds us of God's dependableness. Can't you all say amen to that? God has been dependable in 2023. I'm sure it's true that every one of you and every one of us, I might say, have failed the Lord in some way in 2023. But I also know it's not true that the Lord ever failed you. He's never failed you. And so uh, God is, is faithful all the time, and he has never failed, and he never will. So reviewing the past reminds us of God's dependableness. We can depend on God's lordship. 
The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 36, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. He is always Lord. Jesus is always Lord. As I've said before, people used to say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all, and that is not true. He is Lord all the time, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and uh, if you fail as a Christian, it doesn't mean he's not Lord. It means you haven't submitted to him. But he's Lord, and you'll find out as a Christian that when you face him at the judgment seat of Christ, he was Lord all the time. <laughs> he is Lord. His Lordship, we can trust that. We can depend upon that. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Lordship speaks of his authority and his power. Enemies come and enemies go, but Jesus continues to be Lord, and he'll always be Lord. The devil never gets the upper hand on the Lord, never. The past proves he's Lord. The nation of Israel proves that he's Lord. The church proves that he's Lord. The Bible proves that he's Lord. Jesus is Lord. We can depend upon his lordship. We can also depend upon his leading. He is all wise and never makes a mistake. You look back over 2023 and you cannot find one time that God made a mistake. Not once. As you review the past, you remember he's dependable. I mean, you can count on him. You can depend upon his leading. And the Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd. And it goes on to say, uh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's the shepherd. He leads us and he guides us and he takes care of us through all of our life. And it will be true in this life and he'll lead us on to glory with him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean on thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. He's the shepherd. He's the leader. He'll direct your path, and you can count on his leadership. He will never lead you astray. John chapter 10, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A characteristic of a true sheep of the Lord is that they follow him. If you claim to be a Christian, and all, all your life since you've claimed to be a Christian, you haven't been following the Lord, I would put a big question mark in my mind. Do I really know Jesus? Because a characteristic of a true sheep is that they follow the Lord. The past has taught us that God can be trusted to lead us and he will never lead us astray. So we can depend upon his lordship, we can depend upon his leading, and we can depend upon his love. He never will stop loving you. Aren't you glad of that? I imagine you look back over 2023 and you see some of those rough spots. Maybe you see those times when you sort of wavered. Maybe you didn't come to church for a while. Or maybe you quit witnessing or quit praying or quit reading your Bible. You know, you had a desire through 2023 to read your Bible through. You started out well and something happened. You quit and you seem never to get caught up. I know what that is. I face that struggle, but I keep on doing it. And when I get behind a little, I catch up. This morning I read Revelation 22, which is the last chapter of the Bible. And thank the Lord, I made it through again. But you, you have to keep trusting the Lord. 
and the Lord will, will help you if you'll trust him. And you know this, that through it all, even though you failed, the Lord loves you. He said, I messed up in 2023. I did something I knew I shouldn't have done. It's had repercussions on my family and my life. Uh, what am I going to do? Well, draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. And he says you in the midst of that failure, I love you. I love you. And God does. He's loved us through all the past. He'll love us in the future as well. So we can depend on his love. But then I want to add another thing. Reviewing the past reminds us of the desirableness of the future. Reviewing the past reminds us of the desirableness of the future. You review the past and say, it's been a good year. <laughs> or it's been a bad year. Whichever it's been, we know this. When you look at the past, you know the present is bright. <laughs> the present is bright. And when you compare the past to the present, oh, it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So when you review the past, it reminds you of the desirableness of the future. It's going to get better. Someday we'll have a brand new home. The Bible says in John 14, uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. And a place in God's mansions is good enough for me. I don't have, have to have a mansion that says McGuffey on it. It's not going to happen. And uh, that, that, that's not what the Bible says. It says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so I've told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And God's preparing a place for me. It's going to be my new home, my forever home with him. And so I believe that home is somewhere probably in that new Jerusalem because that new Jerusalem is going to be brought down on the brand new earth. <laughs> so it's not going to always be up there in the third heaven. It'll be on the brand new earth, the new Jerusalem but God's preparing a place in that new Jerusalem for me. It's a brand new home. I remember that song, Oh, Way Do You See My Brand New Home. <laughs> I haven't heard it for a while, but I remember the first time I heard it. Oh, Way Do You See My Brand New Home. Well, we have a new home ahead of us. And so reviewing the past reminds us, oh, there's much better things coming. Even if you've been so pleased with the home that God has given you, you know this, the better is yet to come, and it's, that's coming. We also have a new body, far better than, it, than our, pres, our past or present body. Now, you might look back when you were about 33 years old, and you were strong and healthy, and, and you could do just about anything, and, and you think, well, oh, if I was only that again. No, the Lord says, you don't want to be that again. You want to be something better than that. And that is God's going to give you a brand new body. 1 Corinthians 15 describes that new body. Let me give you some of those descriptions. It will be changed from corruption to incorruption. That means our new body will never break down, never get sick, never get a headache, never get ache or pain or anything like that. Uh, he'll change from dishonor to glory. You know, uh, Brother Dave Johnson, this, the funeral for his dad is now scheduled for January the 4th, which is Thursday. I have a funeral on, on the 3rd and on the 4th. But... Um, and I'm not sure if that's going to stay or not because his mom is still real sick. But uh, uh, when his dad breathed his last breath, his body was broken down, 92 years old. And uh, you could say his body is sown in dishonor. I mean, just, you know, not the man he used to be physically, outwardly anyway. 
But the Bible says, sown in dishonor, raised in glorious. The body is going to be glorious. It will be changed from weakness to power, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15. From a natural body to a spiritual body. What's a natural body? That's a body that is fit to live on this earth. None of your bodies are fit to live in heaven. God's going to have to give you a brand new body that's a heavenly body, fit to live in heaven. But that's coming. That's coming ahead of us. The Bible says from an earthly to a heavenly, from a mortal to an immortal. That means this body can die, but the brand new one can't. And so you never have to worry about death because it's not going to die. And what that, bo- that body that he gives you will be a forever body that will never die. And then 1 John 3 just caps it all off. It says, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. What kind of body are we going to have? The body like Jesus had when he rose from the grave. We're going to have a resurrected body. So we look forward. We look in the past, and it reminds us there's wonderful things for us in the future. We also have a responsibility unlike any other that we've ever experienced in the future. The responsibilities we had in 2023... They might have been good, they might have been important and all that, but nothing compared to what's coming. The Bible says that our responsibilities are this, Revelation 5.10, we shall reign on the earth, we will reign with him. Revelation 20, verse 4 and 6, we shall reign with him a thousand years. It talks about the tribulation saints, but the way it expresses it, being part of the first resurrection, that would include us as well and says, we shall reign with him a thousand years. That's on this earth that he's going to change and make the deserts blossom, all that. We are going to reign with him. Our responsibilities in the future are, I mean, they're just out of this world compared to what we experienced, our responsibilities in 2023. The Bible says in Revelation 22, 3, we go past the millennial reign of Christ. Then we have the Lord destroys this present earth, makes a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. The new Jerusalem comes down from, a, from heaven, sits on the brand new earth. It's almost 1,500 miles cube, that city is. And then the Lord says this, this of that time, that um, his servants shall serve him throughout the eternal state, throughout all that's ahead of us, his servants shall serve him. So we have wonderful responsibilities awaiting us. Is that service going to be different than serving him now? Oh, yes, because it's going to be serving him in a brand new body that is sinless. None of us have ever experienced that before. We will serve him without any limitations. Revelation 21 says there'll be no tears, there'll be no death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain. We will serve him in a place where there's no night. So that means there's no less time to serve him. You know, you the day will never stop, ever everlasting day. And so we're going to serve him. Uh, therefore, there'll be no sin in that place. There'll be no limitations that caused by sin, no weakness, no disappointments, no frustration with other servants. Have you ever thought about that? When we go to be with the Lord and have our brand new responsibilities, there'll be no frustration with fellow servants. Well, they don't pull their own. You know, they showed up late for work. None of that. Why? Because they're sinless just like you are. No imperfections whatsoever. I mean, it's a wonderful thing that's waiting us. 
to be serving the Lord with fellow servants who are all sinless. That's great. So those are benefits of, of, of looking to the past and learning from the past. Let me go over them, and I'm going to add one more. Reviewing those things that we just, looking at those things we just saw about benefits of reviewing the past. It reminds us of our deficiencies. It reminds us of sin's deception. It reminds us of the devil's determination. Reminds us of God's dependableness. Reminds us of the desirableness of the future. And then reminds us of God's daily display of grace. Because all of this we do not deserve. None of it. All that we have to look forward to, we don't deserve. But we're going to have it because of Jesus. He paid for our sins, paid the price, so we can go to heaven. Now, if there's somebody here today who has never trusted the Lord as their personal Savior, you need to understand that really, this life, the best you've had in this life, if you don't trust Jesus, will be the best you'll ever have. Some people come to the end of their life and they say, well, my best years are behind me. That's true if you're not saved. If you're saved, your best years are ahead of you. If you're saved, the best responsibilities are ahead of you. If you're saved, there's so much ahead of you. But for the Christian, we can say, but you don't deserve any of it. Don't deserve any of it. God's grace is a wonderful thing. And it will be displayed throughout all eternity. In fact, the Bible tells us we'll be put on as trophies of God's grace throughout all the ages. Now, we want to conclude by saying this. If you're not saved, if you're not sure you're saved, you need to make sure. Because the Lord can wrap it all up soon for us. And he could take us home. The stage is set for some terrible things to happen in this earth. And when, the, when that comes to the place where the Lord says, all right, I'm ready to take my children home, he will take us home. And then if you're left, it'll be too late. Because the, God, God seems to say in 2 Thessalonians that God will send you strong delusion so you'll believe a lie. Because when you knew the truth, you rejected it. And you wouldn't have anything to do with the Lord. And then after Je Jesus takes all the, his own home, you would think, well, now I'll... I'll see it's true now. No, God said, he will send you strong delusions so you will believe a lie and you'll be damned. So don't delay. If you need to trust Christ as your Savior, do so today. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for reminding us of the benefits of looking back to the past. And Lord, as we do, we thank you that we can look forward to the future and know the best is yet to come for the child of God. If there is anybody here, Lord, that's not saved, probably you might be the only one that knows that and them because they might have deceived other people. But Lord, I pray that you'd help them to come to the end of themselves and say, Lord, I need to trust Jesus and him alone for my salvation and may they be saved today. Thank you for 2023. We look forward to 2024. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.